What's up, y'all? Thank you for being here. Critical Strike Podcast back at you, episode 18. Uh, it's a small miracle we've done as many of these as we have, I think. Uh, but still proud and happy of us nonetheless, us being the usual suspects, just us three today. Fortunately, fortunately. Not, no, no no unnecessary self-deprecation here. No, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry K. Damore, Meg K., and Tyler Esguera. Tyler woke up this morning and chose Drip. If you're watching, yeah, but, but but let the record show. Beforehand, he goes, oh, shoot, we're appearing on camera, aren't we? Give me a sec. Takes <laughs> yep. a full five this minutes. This is a planned fit. Don't let him, Bro, don't let him okay, fool look, you. I had like, like a bum like, oh, ass tea that he wears at home. Oh my god, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, bro. I just got the AC fixed in my apartment, which is super hype. Uh, so I'm wearing a sweatshirt for the first time Let's in go. a long, long time. And, uh, and I we're, spent we're... like 20 minutes trying to fix the lighting before we started, and it still didn't work. So I apologize profusely for the fact that I do currently look like I'm sitting in limbo because everything behind me is completely white. Congratulations on spiritual ascension. Yep. yep, yeah. yep, yep. We love Hell that yeah. for you. Um, all right, but we are talking here on episode 18 about uh, the... LCS, um, which the, yeah, because we didn't really get into it kind of at all. I mean, Mad Lions was the rightful story, the talk of the town, whereas, you know, North America kind of played out more or less how we thought it was going to, um, you know, was that Cloud9 was going to beat Team Liquid, uh, and because those looked like the two best teams. But then in a, in a final twist, Santorin gets, you know, he doesn't get to play the finals, uh, which was a big bummer, but Armeo did put in a pretty good performance. Before we get to there, though, um, the team that wasn't featured in the top three that at the beginning of the season we thought maybe was, was of course 100 Thieves. They have gone through a veritable saga uh, in that mid lane, <laughs> something that kind of carried over from last year. Uh, and then mid split, right? They made that switch from Demonte to Ryoma. And then the big breaking news, splash in the cash. Papa Smithy uh, put put a dollar sign instead of an S in his name, please. Because uh, he went out and got Shalka Novir's very own Abedage, as he's known on, around those parts, Faker Dage. Should bring some demo- some more something to the mid lane because as he's bringing something you know we'll say consistent and meta as the two mid laners were 400 thieves this feels like a step in the right direction um, this like the abadage someday combo is hype like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm kind of mixed on the Abadage get overall, but I think the like most positive part of it is that that's a hell of a like top side to play through. If you have someday and you have Abadage, both of those players can, in the right circumstances, pop off. I am just not a hundred percent sure they will, but we mm. shall see. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, as long as their first thing, the most important thing I think for hundred these is finding one mid laner to play with. I think that, like, having that central guy that you know you're going to be playing with for the rest of the season, um, instead of having to flip back and forth between, or, like, having to choose between DeMonte and, and Ryoma, kind of put a halt to their efforts in terms of trying to find cohesion in the first place. Um, but Abedage, I'm pretty split on my ideas. I think that he does bring a lot more... Um, consistency as a mid laner he's pretty he's a really good mid laner but in terms of fit for this team it's a little bit weird because um we saw this past season that 100 these aren't really like they can't really run closer through someday they weren't able to do that uh someday didn't get a lot of resources this year in terms of like gold share and he didn't look really the best, right? His 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 best seasons were when he was like he had the highest gold share amongst top laners in the LCS. Um, I think that having an extra venue to to focus on with Abadage is really good. But then again, you're adding another player because they've played only with uh, very low resource mid laners. Both Demonte and Ryoma have like have like this past season, I think had the lowest gold share. Oops, sorry, that's my dog. Um, I don't know if you can hear her. But uh, they both had the lowest gold share amongst mid laners in the LCS, whereas Abadage in the LEC was like a top four in terms of gold share for mid laners. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of balance the resource sharing amongst that team, especially since Someday was, if they do want to help him succeed, he's going to need to get more resources, but I don't know if they will give that to them because they look pretty like focused on giving FBI what he needs to, to, to succeed. 
Which do you think would be more successful for them? Um, if they kind of make Abadage fit their playstyle? Or if they fit their playstyle to Abadage? Because I'm not... I'm not entirely confident of how well Abadage can function as a low-resource mid-laner. <clears throat> yeah, so, so I mean, like, that's the thing, right? Is, like, uh, this is this is a big identity shift for Hunter Thieves because having a low-resource mid-laner is not a bad thing. If you want to play like that, like, you'll do well domestically, right? I mean, that's Niski, right? He made a killing on Cloud9 being just that. Now, look, we'll say, you know, the, the meta will change to, you know, what whatever, and look, mm-hmm. the mid-lane meta... Mm-hmm. It's kind of resident sleeper right now, but it, it, I think I feel like this is such like a multi-layered thing because it's like okay, how much of that is on closer as well? Because he did not have the best split, right? And he, we've seen what he can be, but he was not fantastic. And okay, you have like you know a low resource mid laner, so I think it's like it's it's can you execute right? And so I think that part of it comes down to to a degree. I I would imagine coaching, which brings us to our next point. They signed Reaper, um, which I like forgot he didn't have a job. It's like, crazy to think that he didn't have a team after he got right? up by C9. That was for like a hot like, sec, for like a split. Yeah. Like I remember I was I was like in Nashville this past weekend visiting, you know, visiting my sister and I'm just sitting yeah. in the hotel because I'm just like, okay, I got to kill five minutes. I'm staring at the ceiling. Let's go on Twitter. Right. And I just let out an audible like, oh, my God. Like I was so surprised. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, this should, again, in theory, help because it seems like 100 Thieves Need are going to have to they're going to shift the play style somehow. And again, this is still three out of the five guys of this Golden Guardians roster that, you know, that's that's the boys, right? It's like the mm. a less sexy version of Mad Lions in terms of, like, their cohesion, young players, and, and all this, right? <laughs> a less sexy version. That's one way but, to it, yeah. No, FBI's a very good-looking man. That's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah, okay. But look, confidence is attractive and Carzy, hello? DMs are open. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> Damn, this is on main, bro. You're 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 posting on main. Who are you, Meg? <laughs> and I... someone clip this. Someone clip this. We need this for we need this for blackmail for future references. Oh my goodness. And I, I mean, look, I, you know, I, in theory, this feels like it, I feel like a lot of it's going to come down to Reaper, and there's so much of that that mm-hmm. is so hard to see and observe. Yeah, it's he's coming into it like this team right now. I think that they did need a pretty. I think I think they needed a coaching change for sure because we saw how, like, what happened when they weren't ahead because of existing cohesion. I think that in the beginning of the split they looked really really good because they already had four players who played with each other, whereas a, like a majority of the major teams had made changes to their roster in a way that they still needed to get things going, whereas a hundred these kind of just plug and played four players that already know how to play with each other. So, of course, they're going to look good. But as soon as, like, the rest of the team started to build build that kind of synergy and catch up with them in terms of being able to play together and knowing how to play with each other, then the individual and, like, the, the, the mistakes in terms of, let's say, shot calling and decision making started to shine because they couldn't just rely on that existing cohesion. You and don't I think have, that does like, the, the advantage that you innately had that no other teams had. You can't just keep relying on that forever exactly exactly and so i think that 100 thieves getting reapered is really because he has that he's shining track record obviously right Mm. um and so i think that he has shown that he can work with multiple types of rosters uh but it'll be interesting to see how he balances it because i do think that there's a lot of resource dependent players on that team and like you said meg like abadage i don't know how he'll be able to like function on a more like less dependent or less resource heavy like role, unless of course they push towards like who who would you rather be more like who would you rather put your cards onto FBI, Abadage or someday? I mean, it's riskier to have a top lane carry, right? Like it's. Right. I mean, ideally, what would happen for this team is like in an absolute perfect scenario you'd get like the mad lions or kind of it's sort of true for rng as well where you have carry of threats in all three lanes and you kind of the decision of the carry is made on a game by game basis rather than it being we have a low resource mid laner low resource top laner and then our ad carry gets everything you can kind of make that decision in each individual draft but that's really challenging to do because it means that your players have to be comfortable with running on low or high resources and that changing like on a dime and yeah. I don't know if 
Especially because Rupert is just coming in and it's going to take, like, as with any working relationship, it takes time to form, like, a good working relationship and, like, it's going to take time for him to get these players absolute trust. I don't know if they'll, like, be able to have that triple length flexibility flexibility straight away. I (sighs) hope that... It is because I, I think you sometimes hear this in in scrims as well, or like in I, I've heard this. I forget whether it's you know LCS or LEC or whatever, but like something I remember hearing from like you know players and coaches is that like often you know it it, it comes down to champ pool a little bit as well, right? And it's like okay, are we just going to hammer home what's meta to play safe? And I hope that you know again, if you want to shift your your style, right? Like it's like oh he's like a res- no, low resource mid laner. Okay, well, why do you say that? Okay, it's because the champions he plays. Right? right, you know, like certain shapes, you can't be like, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a low resource Kaisa. No, like that's not how that works. That's not, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, maybe Reaper helps open up the draft for them, right? Maybe that 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 is beat into them of like, look, you can't, we can't just survive playing one way because that's kind of what killed them last time. Is that mm-hmm. once people figured out, oh, they just play through FBI. Let's take, yeah. you know, let, let's ruin someday's life up there. Rama's going to have 160 CS instead of 220 minutes. Great. Not a threat. We just like right. look out for the shockwave and go from there. So I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, again, just the champ pools open up because I think they're going to have to. I, I don't think you can stick Abadage on a low reason. Like, I don't know, if I'm him, like, unless I'm literally just going to NA to collect a paycheck and literally only that, I'm not going to be happy just being stuck on, you know, Galio duty for lack of a better yeah. term. That like that sucks. That's not what he's good at. That's not what he's known yeah. for. That's if you want to get a safe, reliable Galio mid style playing player, why would you get Abadage? Like they they clearly want him for some of his firepower. So <laughs> I'm just saying. leading on perfectly. I mean that was the rumor, right? It was, mm. it was rumored that they were going for Niski, which I think would have been a really good fit because he's a low resource mid laner. Clearly, like that's his playstyle. He loves playing supportively towards his lanes. He plays TF really, really well. Just roams and affects the side lanes with the jungler. Um, I mean, I, that would have been a very old Fnatic style team. Like you would have had kind of safe, reliable mid laner. You would have had like occasionally pop off, occasionally is content to just sit there to do tank duty. This is like Nemesis era Fnatic. You would have mm-hmm. had like safe mid laner, likes to just kind of will sit top and survive or will for some reason play like Riven or Aatrox and 1v9 the game and then you have your primary reckless FBI carry onto whom the majority of your gold goes in the bot lane and like Fnatic proved that that could work really well and that could have worked really well for 100 Thieves but I guess that just yeah. wasn't like obviously we have no idea what the contract negotiations were but that's just not if, what they ended Nisky up with. was even an option. Yeah, too, it was right? purely yeah. a rumour. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd be interested to see how the meta affects it too, because I think like you know with self, you're, you talk about like old fanatic with self made, you know he was a guy that really thrived on the carry jungle meta, mm-hmm. um, and you know <clears throat> and, and other guys still you know are like oh no like volley bear is actually still really good Olaf can still be played and things like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, those aren't the meta. yeah, exactly. And so I mean I wonder you know how much that affected things. Uh, but mm-hmm. a- anyway, we're getting off track here. TSM. Uh, mm. As long as we are we are done talking about Hunter Thieves, yeah. Let's talk about TSM. Not in the context of the series itself, because that just wasn't good. Uh, we kind of beat that point to death a little bit. <clears throat> it was not great play. You know, TL outclassed them kind of on every front. Um, and I was glad that TL actually put up a good fight against you know Cloud Nine because then it was like T- I think TSM looks as bad, right? Because if that fiesta of a series happens and TL look like gods because get of swept. it and then they just get their teeth oh, kicked no. in by cloud nine oh, that'd no. be a very very sad uh na boy but getting into tsm i think the, the conversation is more big picture it's where do we go from here if we are tsm and right now we are tyler tyler are tsm tell us where we go from here come on coach tyler there's, what do we do there's too much they've they've invested way too much into this roster that they i think you have to like try and run it back I think that right now, <clears throat> the biggest issues for me is that when they hit, there there was a weird moment where in the middle of the season they looked really really good and they found a really good like like uh, identity as a team. Mm-hmm. But then into the playoffs they kind of lost that because I know because before they used to be pretty okay ish in the early game, but then when the mid to late game hit, that's when they started to excel. Mm-hmm. But 
it felt like in the playoffs they kind of that kind of fell to the wayside, and so their early game was actually worse in the playoffs than it was in the regular season, and then their their mid to late game was also worse in the playoffs than in the regular season, and it was. It felt like there was some kind of I don't know if it's communication issues or just straight cohesion things where they, they weren't on the so same indecisive. page at all. Yeah, it felt really kind of old TSM problems where they just weren't sure when they wanted to go in and 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 people were kind of just diving in and and or getting caught out. It looked very very old TSM and it kind of like like it felt almost like nostalgic watching how they were throwing leads. They were just throwing leads. They were they were throwing away their 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 advantages, and it just felt really bad to watch. Not a, not even as a TSM fan, but as an NA fan, because after that series, we had to go. We had to look at that and go. TSM's our third place team. Like really, like I remember the last game against Team Liquid, where and I remember this because I was watching with one of our coworkers, Mike, and I'm like, they they like TL threw the draft. Because I remember before the finals, that that week that we had a show, I talked about how the only way that they could lose is if they in th- they shoot themselves on the foot with draft. And in that game, they gave Core JJ, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was not a playmaker. They gave him Tom Kench. They gave him Tom Kench, and then they put Alfari on Scion. And I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, this is the only way that you lose, and you did this. And TSM managed to, like, flub it. Completely, yep. and it was the worst game of the series. Like they, they almost had a perfect game, right? I think they, they only look... lost a tower or something. Yeah, it was uh, nineteen to zero. <clears throat> Alfari oh, <no>. went, <laughs> Alfari went five zero and seven on Scion. Scion. Uh, Armeo one zero and eight on Hecarim. Jensen seven zero and nine on uh, Victor. Tactical six one and six. He, t- TSM had no kills. Do the math on that one. The one time tactical died, it wasn't even by TSM's hands. Core JJ, O, O, and 10. Yeah. My, my guy started a Doran's ring. It's like, yeah. they just look like when they play, every time they get close to making a decision, they're just like, no, 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 just give it two more minutes. Just like, mm. just give it two more minutes, let POE farm like two more waves, and then we'll do it. I watched them stall yeah, a Baron for six minutes in that I series. Understand. And it's, it's like, so sure, like, Ragging on TSM, it's tired. Like, we saw all of the community yes. feedback after the series. Like, clearly, something's not working. We don't need to beat the dead horse over all of the things that they did wrong. But ultimately, like, they just... They look very lost. They look like they yes. don't have that voice that is... I saw that eyebrow raise. I hate the you. eyebrow raise. The, like... <laughs> they look very... <laughs> well, now I forgot what I was going to say, so thank you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> they look no. very lost. They look very lost. They like they need someone in game who can just be like, right, no, stop farming your side lanes. We're gonna make this decision. We might not have the perfect. Honestly, like going for objectives with less than perfect vision almost feels like it would be better than what we have right now, which is just not going for any objectives ever at all, and just like doing the little salsa around the Baron pit. They constantly like like Poe constantly came to fights late. Or, yeah. or like it's it, it was odd and it, I, I I don't know. Um, there's a lot of growth that needs to be done with this team. Clearly, um, maybe you know Bjergsen. This is his first time coaching. Uh, I I don't think that it's a problem with his dra- his drafting though and his the way he's the coaching because he's clearly gotten better since he started. Yeah. I just think that this roster. It feels like they're playing, and the way that they communicate to each other is like I how like I communicate with my friends in solo queue. Where instead of saying we're gonna do this, we instead of saying like a, a statement, they say a question. Where it's like, yep. it's are we gonna go fair. for this? It, it do you looks go in? like exactly right. Um, so yeah, no TSM. I don't think they can really afford to go with anything else. I think they have to stick with this roster and try to make it right. work somehow. So they have. It would long be criminal if they tried to make like an off-season roster move. Yeah, no, you can, like so. you put so much effort into getting this roster the way that it is now. Make it work, like yeah. put the time in, make it work. Yeah, yeah, and and there was tremendous growth even over the course of the split, and there was a spot there in the middle of the split where it was like when TSI went on that whatever like eight game win streak, and I was like, yeah, 
holy crap, like they look good. Like they could actually challenge mm-hmm. Cloud Nine right now on form. That was when Cloud Nine like kind of started to dip a little bit. It was like on form right now. <clears throat> you can make an argument that for one game, a snapshot a of time, second, TSM yeah. were the best team in NA. Um, but no, with well, I agree. Like from Bjergsen it being his first split as coach, um, <clears throat> I think he's got a lot to do with kind of that. Okay, look, if you guys aren't going to make these calls, like I've got to somehow as the coach drill it into you that you guys need to start playing like this, right? And I think some of that comes with time, some of that comes with Bjergsen, some of that comes with, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, don't, I, I just, yeah, you can't blow up this roster. I think that would be. It would be criminal. That doesn't happen. There's and no universe where that happens. No. They just get rid of Soda. It's like, sorry. Six million for you. Flushed. <laughs> well, that, no. That I, would be no, the that's single literally darkest that timeline. Kind of, oh, that would actually be the darkest timeline. I just feel so bad for him that he would go to <clears throat> wherever, like, mm. and just stomp, right? He'd, oh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, before we take a break, there was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm clearing my throat a bunch. I apologize. Um, with, there, there was, you know, this kind of conversation about, um, you know, I, I I had a gamer moment in the Slack <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, I, I I got a little upset about um, you know as as Meg would call them the the armchair analysts, right? The Twitter analysts and just kind of how they drive the perception around you know North America. And it's funny because even um, uh, Tyler Erzberger, right, Fion of Upcomer, uh, he uh, by the way the the um, 0-1 against Dot Esports. There it is. Set the record straight right there after our social media manager, Michael Vicroy, uh, top captain for two out of the three oh games. My anyway, Lord. sorry. Um, a lot of gamer moments for Hank. Um, the, um, you know, he kind of tweeted out something similar. So, you know, scroll on his timeline. Uh, you, you could probably find it. Is that, you know, I just, I, I was upset that it didn't seem like, you know, what's called a fiesta in you know in one region na is not is called oh wow fun exciting you know fighting gameplay all the Look time at the outplays in, yeah the outplays right in in you know the lpl or mm-hmm. wherever right um and how in the lck right i mean this is kind of you know semi-related but it's just like how that playoffs and this is not to take away from this i think it was a zale said on the on the dive and i could wholeheartedly agree with him he said like not to take away from how dominant damn one was but that was the most boring playoffs of all time yep because damn one just steamrolled literally everybody and with how conservatively the lck plays again it's just again it's yeah. just it's sleeper it's, yeah it's just like let's call it what it is right like it, you know if you're really into the you know the, the the mins and the maxes the taking objectives with perfect vision and perfect item spikes and perfect lane management states if you like that side of the game watch the lck you will never be mm-hmm. bored you will never have a sad day in your life right but again it's just calling it what it is and you know being consistent about you know not letting the biases of the regions color what you're actually seeing on your screen now was it do i take responsibility for letting twitter and people who whose you know opinions i shouldn't let get to me like i did did 100 percent. there's a lesson to be learned there for hank and i did um or for now, I don't know. We'll see by the time MSI rolls around. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, I don't know, it, Meg. I know, I know you had you know kind of some some thoughts on this. So I'll give you the floor. Oh, it's just like um, I think a lot of the time it's a lot easier to say that one team did something badly than the other team did something well, and like especially from an analysis perspective, that tends to be like the preferred because it's like it's funny to meme on teams right like someone does something stupid like you clip it you get like a great twitter clip and it's funny like i don't i'm not taking away from the community's ability to meme or anything like that but i also think it's become a lot more popular to shit on one team for doing something wrong rather than shitting on another like not shitting on another team than like building up the team that they're playing against for doing something right and the tsmtl series is not a great example because like Mm. It was just kind of bad gameplay throughout. But I think it is an important thing to remember that if one team throws, ultimately the other team does have to catch. And, Mm. like, there are always... It is rare that a series will be played in which both teams play, like, absolute dog water for every single game, like, the whole time. There are good things that can be taken out, and it is also important to look at those good things because, like, negativity is really boring. If we just, if it just becomes a conversation of like, oh, this region's so bad, everyone sucks, like even their best team is terrible, that's not true. It's clearly not yeah. true. And like MSI will be probably a good chance to prove that like people are saying NA is what, like a not doesn't even deserve to be a major region. Like MSI will probably prove that that's not the case. Someone's going to clip that if C9 lose to a wildcard team and I'm going to look like an idiot. Oh God, it's... But See, now like... the energy's out in the, in, the, in the universe. This is what I'm talking about. We can't be 
saying these things because suddenly C9 is going to lose to Infinity Esports or something. Here it comes. (laughs) I don't know. Ultimately, just negativity sounds smart, but a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time it's just being mean for the sake of it and it's unnecessary and it makes regions seem a lot worse than they are because that's the community perspective around them. Mm -hmm. That is all. That is my piece. Because you get ninnies like me who are like, oh no, Twitter thinks this region or this play was bad, or this region's bad. Again, look, maybe they might not be, they might be right, they might be wrong, but it's just like, you get people like me who, you know, occasionally will not think for themselves, and like, I'm just blindly driving the narrative that, you know, like, you, you could just trick yourself, you say something enough time, you manifest it, right? Yep. And, and like, again, that is just like this overwhelming narrative that's like, where did this actually come from, right? So it's just, again, it's just like, Let's think for ourselves. This is, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm looking at myself in the, in the Discord call right now. <laughs> think for yourself. You know, if you don't know something, you this, admit you don't know it. Ask you questions, know. right? And surround yourself with people who will let you ask questions. Because those are good friends. Mm-hmm. I'll, I, I think that there's got to be a balance. If, if, if you're going to be, like, criticizing a team, make sure that's for the right reasons. If they did make a mistake, it's fine. But if you're just, like not even looking at like the facts or like the gameplay or whatever and you're just coming in assuming that like this team's because they're from a specific region or whatever if you're you're just out to get them if you're waiting for them in a way yeah exactly right um because in eu there's a ton of throws right and oh boy there are so many like there's so many throws right um and luckily we're surrounded by people that understand that those are throws but there's a large amount of people that would like call out like if we saw that in an a it would be a completely different story for a majority of people mm. right instead of it being an outplay obviously it would be like oh my god this region sucks oh my god how did you even throw that etc cetera, etc cetera. if you see that in eu some people might not see it they'll, they'll, because of the region the name na eu they'll see it differently right um granted right you're talking about where did this come from in terms of the na kind of mm. uh reputation yeah like and every like stereotype has a grain of truth in it exactly and so let's be real right na hasn't really performed hasn't looked great on multiple no. facets right international the one through play. 10 from na would lose to the one through 17 potential well maybe not the 17 no, the bottom no, of the no, lpl no. is a little woof. yeah no but the lpl is kind of the top 10 across the four major regions na comes in fourth like that's just a fact and that's okay but again let's be nuanced here yeah, you know, like, I think that, like, whenever uh, people say C9 would get crushed by, like, like whatever team or whatever, like, or, like a fifth or sixth place team from Europe would end in, like, first, it's like, well, okay, like, our that. top teams are pretty good, like, like, NA's not bad, it's just that I do see, like, I do know that, like, the reputation has been brought upon by the performances by of the, of the regions and how the region has kind of evolved, right? Like EU, for example, has gotten this shining reputation for good reason, right? The way mm-hmm. that they've built their scene and, and the players that they have and how they coach. The third and, and how fourth they place teams are convincingly taking down the established giants. Exactly. And you have like teams going like top four worlds consistently, right? G2, even though that's like a super team. But even then, like Mad Lions, Rogue, like G2, Fnatic, even like the fifth and sixth place teams like SK and Schalke look really good. And so that kind of like perception on EU is warranted. And I do think to a degree, NA, it's kind of warranted as well because of the way that we've kind of just evolved as a region. Kind of like, you know, like, for example, um, the news that uh, uh, those reports saying that they're going to uh, vote away like mandatory academy teams in EU. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just right. broke by our uh, our, our colleague by Pablo. Our, by Suarez. our boy Pablo, yeah. Um, I looked at that and I'm like, that's not a problem for EU because the ERL is already is successful even without them. So they deep. don't need yep. they don't need the help of the academy scene because they're so successful already by themselves. And this is just one like f- like this is just one aspect of it. In NA, if you Give that rule to the NA teams and go. You don't need to have academy teams anymore. It's over. No, no, because because literally it's over. Because here we still have to build those structures in Europe. Those exactly. were already in place, so it's like like okay. they've built it exactly. Yeah. But like that's one aspect, and then there's multiple aspects that have given NA this kind of like retirement home type of thing feel to everyone, 
everyone thinks that, oh, you're coming to NA, you're reti- retiring. Mm. But people want to win. You, like People mm. still want to win. People still competitors. And so, you know. Also, at the end of the day, to... players read Twitter. Like, if you want your team to win, why on earth are you going on Twitter and being like, oh my god, this team sucks, this team's so bad, like, I can't believe that I support this team, like, fire X player, kick X player off the roster, get him out now. Players read Twitter, and, like, as much as anyone says that, like, oh, I don't let social media get to my head, you do. Like, anything that you read is going to affect you in some way. If you want your team to win, telling the team's management to kick a player because they, like, missed an ult? Come on. Like, you're better than this. We're better than like this as eSports 20 fans. years old. Like, you were. The, hella young. The hella mental young. I had when I was 20 years old. I'm 24. It's only marginally better. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yo, I was getting flamed during that show me, match. I, I was getting flamed and I, I could feel the tears welling up already. Like, <laughs> yep. what are you talking about? Like, in, the, in Captain Flowers' sheds. Like, I, I, I overextended and I saw the Tyler please afterwards in the VODs. I'm like... <laughs> Alright. I was trying really hard. You don't have to yeah, be like that. I tried my best. I thought I, the auto range was longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's going to that's gonna wrap it up for this section. And we're going to take it to a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk finals. We'll talk MSI. And that'll wrap it up for episode 18. A couple more weeks till MSI, y'all. Get excited. We're back. Episode 18, part two of the Critical Strike podcast. Man, K, Henry Demore, Henry, Enrique Demore. Sorry, that was me in a past life. Henry. It was Henry, yeah. That's his that, alter ego. See, that's a weird name for you guys, but that's what I went by, like, my entire life because I had a second grade teacher that couldn't mm. pronounce Henrique for the life of her. God bless Miss Ferris, wonderful woman, but just couldn't say Enrique, so I went by Henry from second grade until Damn. literally three years ago. So, oh my god. Yeah. You Middle just unlocked some backstory, Critical Strike viewers. Wow. Yeah, some well, lore. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you get my uh, the lore, the origin story. But by the way, middle of college, really bad time for a rebrand. Mm. Yeah, I kind of see that. Knows. Yeah, it just it didn't stick. True. But anyway, uh we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the MSS finals. That was weird came out of my mouth. MSS I didn't like that. Uh the LCS finals, <laughs> uh the LCS spring split finals. It's like when they changed into Tabby to plated steel caps. Yeah, Still why, why, did, why did that happen? Always in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, the, the big storyline was that Team Liquid were not going to be at full strength. Uh, and Armeo came in. He did fine. He was good. Uh, mm-hmm. He was not the reason they lost. Uh, you got to give credit to, you know, to Cloud9 coming back from down 2-1. Perks was in that 2-1 down game for a comfort zone. Uh, they were, uh, if you like, if you listen to the dive at all, go back and listen to the most recent episode. Uh, they read out some statistics of Perks in game fours of best of fives. The numbers Nasty. are Herculean. They are mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, but look, the fact of the matter is Cloud9 also beat TL in the upper bracket when they were at full strength. So they are your deserved champions, and I don't think anyone really disagree with sure. that. Credit to TL. They played a very good series. They... You know, under the circumstances especially, they took that to five games, but Cloud9, deserving champions. Um, Tyler, what, what did you see in this one? It was, it was tragic that they had to play with a sub for the jungler. Um, even still, like you said, the fact that they brought it to five games with a sub jungler, like, and, like, I'm not, like, our, our male is good, but he's no Santorin. And so to be able to perform at that level with uh, an academy-level jungler is still really, really impressive. And I'm just super excited to see what TL is able to do during the two-month two break. Um, for Cloud9, there's still some kinks that need to be ironed out in the armor. I think that they're not perfect right now. There's still a lot of things that they need to get like instilled. But I think that we... Like, Perks, as a player, he is... I think... It goes to show how much he's like how good he is as a player in terms of mechanics and decision making. But I think that the intangibles that he has brought to this team might have been the big, like might have been the biggest thing that he brought is that like level of communication and cohesion that he can bring, especially in a really really high stress environment for players like for a player like Fudge, for example, who's coming in and this is his first time on stage, first first time fighting for you know a championship like like in the lcs like it's a perfect time for him to learn and kind of have that presence 
behind him to help him. So um, I think this was a really, really well-played uh, well, well series. I think that both teams stood a, sh- stood a chance. I did have mm-hmm. C9 taking it um, because uh, I thought that they had a lot more uh, going for them in terms of even before the whole thing with Santorin, I thought that they just had enough uh, firepower in the case of a series in which they have a lot of players who can play a different styles of champions, right? Yeah. Fudge has shown huge growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hammer this in to everybody who's listening here. Fudge, Fudge was getting good. So, Fudge was getting so much like flack at the beginning of the season. One, because he was talking shit. But two, yeah. he got rolled in the, in the lock-ins. Expected. You're facing off against Alfari and Someday. Yeah, like, yeah. You not? literally, you're half your sample size in the locket is going against two of the best top laners in the LCS. Exactly. But Calm down. His growth as a player, like when when Zven was like, I had no doubt in my mind that he'd become the best top laner in NA. But that it's like, hey, we all had doubts. I'm really happy that he was able to alleviate all of those and actually become a really good top laner. He works really well with Blabber. He's he's able to hold his own against these players and even like counteract against even like he he went like two he he would like outplay a 2v1 sometimes mm-hmm. against in, in lane and it's just like him think, like wasn't it first blood like all five games was top lane it's pretty gross yeah alfari was... alfari got the got the treatment yeah yeah got the sauce yeah he got the fudge but, like fudge <laughs> yeah 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 but no fudge is really really good and perks is perks that effect, the perks effect is is is, is in effect for Cloud9. Yeah. We'll see and, how it stands. And perks played five different champions, too, in all five of those games. Busting out the Zoe in game four, uh, Silas in game five. Uh, no, I mean, they, they played really, really well. And I think, yeah, I mean, perks does bring a lot to that team, you know, on and off the rift. And I do think the off yeah. the rift stuff is probably making more of a difference, especially when you talk about, you know, look, yes, he has a former teammate in Zven and, you know, and mythy and rain over like all all that but like he probably had as big of an effect on fudge as anybody that seems like a for really sure. good team environment to grow in for sure yeah uh meg you're muted meg you're muted by the way i'm back there, there you, you, go. you you roll a dice and you get this team to like grow on and this team to develop and like this has been a really good example of how important a good team environment is for the development of an individual player because there's no way that he would have gotten this good over the course of one split if it hadn't been for like the team that's around him like you have perks if there's someone that you want to be able to help you to teach you like the more macro based kind of decision making style like where you should be when type parts of the game he's pretty much like the perfect candidate for that mm-hmm. no he's he he yeah, he's, uh, there were questions about, you know, Cloud9 uh, before Perks was like, okay, at the end of Summer Split, as they were starting to fall off, you would have thought, okay, look, even if they kept all five of these guys together, which what that's what everyone thought was going to happen, and Cloud9, I still do ding him a little bit for this, like, they definitely made it seem like, oh yeah, everybody's going to be back for 2021 we're running Spring, back, yeah. and then they just aggressively were not, actually 40% of them were not, and then, you know, but look. It's all water under the bridge now. No one really cares. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Licorice actually seems pretty happy in like you know his you know role there on the role. on the FlyQuest development squad. Um, hope Nisky's doing okay. Really don't know how he's doing like you know personally, mentally, etc. Um, but there, there's an interesting uh, question that we threw in our, our rundown here. Can it even be argued uh, anymore that Perks isn't the greatest Western League of Legends player of all time? Right, one of only two players to win a split. No. On both Western continents, you cannot it's, argue it anymore. It's getting pretty even tough. before this. Yeah, even okay. before this, we had an argument. Who who was it? It was was it was it Mike again who said, "Oh, I would give that like like I I would consider reckless." And I said, "Mike throws no. out a lot of banger hypotheticals. He's very just like just sitting there, you know, talking, writing a script, or for, you know, watching LCS or whatever. He's like, he's like." All right, look, at their peak, like 2014 SS Samsung Galaxy, 2015 Rocks Tigers, or like 2019 FPX, like who you got? I'm like, pretty good. Like, like, like nosebleed. Yeah, nosebleed, <laughs> yeah. But this one, kind of off. You know what I'm saying? I would Perks love to be able to play devil's advocate here. I'd love to be able to be like, oh, but 
Reckless is really good, right, guys? Like, no, I think I just think it kind of just has to go to Perks at this the point. Goat. Like, he's just. I've doubted Perks at various points in his career. Back when I was an absolute rabid, slavering fanatic fan, but like, he's just he's just so good. And Multiple like, championships. It's the fact that he's not just. Like the insanely talented one v nine Yasuo Zed Yone mechanical outplay god clip it put it on your YouTube channel player like he's really smart and I think what we've seen of G two kind of looking a little bit directionless maybe or lacking direction without yep. him this split definitely mm-hmm. proves that he brings more to a team than just being yes. like a one v nine god yes yes mm-hmm. he, he like let's be real right like Yanko saying no one has stepped up to be the lead so I'm gonna do it. Like, we didn't hear any of those guys kind of say this type of stuff until he left. And not only that, multiple European championships. One of only two players to win in NA and EU. He, went, he won MSI, the only Western team, and the only returning player to defend the throne at yep. MSI. He's True. gone. He's True. been... He's been a top four world's thing. Like, like, he's been a top four world's contender three times, I believe, right? He's been to the top four in Worlds three times. One was the finals. Was he in the 18 semifinals? Or did they get bounced in quarters? I actually don't know. I'll look that up. I think it might have been quarters. Either or, his his resume speaks for itself. Not to mention the fact that he played two roles and dominated and was super good in both. My guy got to world finals on an off roll, like exactly, yeah. right? Imagine um, saying to yourself, and they, they did get to they did get to semis. Uh, they got three out by IG, but they did get to semis. There it is, right? Um, and so that was the year that with a uh, fanatic, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so Perks, he has shown in- incredible flexibility. He played. He literally played in two roles. Was good at. Was amazing at both. He he brings intangibles off and on the rift. Well, who else is there to say? Like, like no who, one who really else can comes close. There, it's, yeah. there will be like Sven is very very good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like Sven has achieved a lot in his career, and I think it is important to recognize this because I feel like yeah. Sven does sometimes go under the radar. A little bit, especially like especially if you are the DPS on like the DPS is this Overwatch. If you are like that kind of player on a team that has perks in it, you're gonna go underrated because like you're just sitting there pew pew pewing at the back of a team fight while perks is like messing everyone up. And it's like it's like the reason you don't notice him is because he's so gosh darn consistent. So like his his floor is so dang high. Yeah. Right. Like if he was worse, he might get talked about more. But mm. like you said, he just that that bot lane is Mister Consistent. They are so God. so clean. But Walking he's not perks, and he and like no one is right now. And I hope that like we're seeing people who can who are kind of coming close to Perks' performance. Like give Cabs a couple more years. Like what will he like? Give him a little bit more time to mature into a more kind of leadership oriented, reliable team like fortifying role. And maybe we will see Caps kind of come to fill the same position that Perks has been filling. But right now, like, no one comes close. I was going to ask that. Who do you guys think is the next one up? Behind Perks, who do you think, who do you see filling that role of, like, best in I mean, the if, West? If, if it's not Reckless yet, and the book might be kind of closed on, is he the greatest? Which it seems like that's kind of where we're at. I think it would be Caps, just because I I think to to kind of Meg's point, the only thing he doesn't have on his resume is the like, you know, like you saw how important Perks was as one man by the team that he joined looks leagues better. He was built around when Carlos was starting Gamers Two as they were known by the, back then. He was like, no, Perks is my this dude. Is the guy. I'm gonna yeah. build an empire around him, and right? He and he and he did, and they reigned with an iron fist uh, for so long, and. Yeah, and then you see, like, when he leaves, right? It's like, okay, I think it's Caps, right? But then it's like, okay, yeah. but Caps hasn't stepped up yet, right? And I think, like... Larson but again, it's, it's, keeps getting you... kind of close. Like, Larson would be the only other name that I feel like I would maybe throw out there, but it's just these, like, the little rogue blips that we keep seeing. I feel like mm-hmm. he's not there yet. But in terms of, like, the consistency and the, like, ability to just be this reliable force of, like, 
I'm going to get the team over the finish line one way or another. That is very Larson, but he just doesn't have the results to back it up yet. And again, maybe if we give him more time, we'll be able give to see more, more out of him. But like yeah, yeah. right now, he's not. He's nowhere close. Yeah. Nobody else is close to this guy. I yeah. Don't. No, he's just had too long a career that's been too consistent. Uh, but Cloud9, look, like we said, Percy's going to be the only guy that's going back to defend his title. Um, how do we think? Cloud9 will uh, will fare. Look, I think you. we think they'll get out of groups, right? I suppose look, they, they could shock us all and not. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I think they get out, right? They're not going to come in first. No one's going to be Dem1, maybe ever. I don't know. They might not lose a game again. Oh, no. But, uh, but I, I think I mean, it, is, it is pretty cool that they get to go back having missed their chance. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big... Team looking fan. I love Core JJ more than I love most things, but this is the wow. one split where I'm like, just let them go because it felt so bad that they missed out uh, last year. And it'd be cool to see Perks uh, back there as well. Do we? I don't. know, Do we think that this iteration has a better shot than uh, last year's? I'm gonna mm. say, I'll start off here. I think yes on paper, but you want to talk about meta lining up with a roster. That was Cloud9 Spring to a T because they yeah. figured out before everyone else did, and this is the same thing as this is something that uh we were talking we're gonna talk about a little bit later. JDG, right? They were gonna be the uh twenty twenty spring representatives from right, they were, right? Yeah, they they beat TS yeah, in the final three. JDG, T one, and G two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, like Cloud9, figured out, wait a minute, carry junglers. Mm-hmm. And that's why also when teams keyed into that, I'm oversimplifying here, but I think they were two teams that played through their jungler and realized that coming into MSI, and that's why they stomped as hard as they did. And then once people figured out, oh, wait, if you take Blabber off Olaf, he's low-key a little useless. You know, that's why Cloud9 <laughs> fell off a cliff. Um, JDG kind of fell off a cliff a little bit, um, right? Because, yeah, no, and because, like, and, you know, TES, they just got by on the strength of their individual players because Karsa was never a carry jungler. He's a facilitator, but everyone else was so flippin' good that it didn't matter. But mm, I think... Work. Yeah, I think on paper, if you were to drop, the, you know, meta, meta irregardless, I think this year's Cloud9 looks better. But I think last year's Cloud9 had a really, really incredible shot to made to do something really, really special. Yeah, I completely agree on the meta fact. I think that <clears throat> obviously on paper, the rosters look really, it's not kind of close, right? But I think in terms of how they fit and how they like scheme their, their, their play style, and to a degree, hmm, like it's it, it it's interesting to me because, well, how 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 even do you think the competition is in terms of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one? So last year it was JDG, T one, and G two. This year it's Mad Lions, Damwon Gaming, and RNG in the forms that they are at right now. Uh, which do you think is strong? Uh, which do you think is the stronger group? It's kind of hard because I realistically do think Dan want are just going to kind of Stop make mincemeat mm-hmm. out of everyone. So, like, yeah. I think, don't get me wrong, I think RNG are very good. I think people are kind of underrating RNG because they Agreed. sort of limped into their MSI spot a little bit. Like, they got knocked into the loser's bracket by FPX, and then they obviously ended up beating FPX in the finals. And FPX were the team that everyone was expecting to see at MSI. I think that's kind of fair to say because we wanted, like, mm-hmm. the Nuggery Dam one rematch. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. RNG is who we have. RNG are very good. RNG are very good at playing through multiple roles. But, like... Oh man, Dan one is so scary. <laughs> I've been like I've been watching back some of their games for like I've started my my MSI prep and I've been watching back some of the games. My god, they're so terrifying. And I think pu- Dan one purely just being there means that this year's competitors like this is a harder year. For anyone trying to okay. win MSI, this wall that you have okay. to get through, it's just more difficult this year. I wholeheartedly agree with Meg. Okay. Okay. I mean, we'll see. It's going to be really difficult for Cloud9 this year, especially because they do have Damwon in their group. Mm-hmm. Oh no, um, that's fine. Just, just, just take care of business with the minor regions. That's get, all my hoping. You get out of there with the Get out of there with the I don't want to get another repeat of Team Liquid losing to uh, Machi, baby. Machi's esports, and that ended up costing them their yep. spot in, in in the like like that is so heartbreaking, and you cannot afford to like. You Take the minor region seriously. That. They're like ever. 
they're inconsistent yeah. occasionally, sure, but like they can pull out some absolute banger games when it's necessary. And like it's it's the absolute kryptonite of major regions to not take the minor regions seriously because yeah, they will they will mess you up if like if you yeah. don't pay attention to them, they will mess you up. Exactly. No, they'll come there and they come out there with nothing to lose. They go, oh, everyone expects us to get memed on anyway. Watch this, right? Was it twenty? They got fifteen or sixteen when I think it was like the first game of Worlds period. Uh, INTZ out of CB Lol who mm-hmm. lost all five of the other games in the group stage came out and just donkeyed Edward Gaming back when they were like yeah. really sick uh, one of the clear love teams um, they shocked everyone right mm-hmm. um, you play with nothing to lose uh, and this has been Hank's CB Lol Corner thanks for coming <laughs> True. No, we'll get to the CB Low Corner uh, next week. We're going to do a little bit of a, a deeper dive in MSI. Um, I'm excited for the top lane matchup of Armut and Robo. It's Pain Gaming. Uh, we'll look to uh, make good on their birth into whatever, I think is Group C? Is Madeline, or is it Group B? It's the mm. one with four, because VCS dropped out, which is a VCS is, VCS is Group A. VCS was Group A, so it's either yeah. B or C. You, okay. can, yeah. you can correct us and comment in the YouTube comments about how stupid we are for not knowing. <laughs> Either way, I yeah. know I know that RNG is in Group A because that's literally the freest group of all all time. Oh no! <laughs> so and, and UOL right as as a pool three team, they uh, they drew the long straw, which is why is that not next? Anyway, <laughs> the uh, longest possible straw. Just, it's, <laughs> it's swirly and you can bendy and all that. Uh, anyway, that's gonna do yeah. it for us. Before I say something else, else inane, uh, you can find <laughs> us the Critical Strike Podcast on YouTube. Uh, no longer SoundCloud. I don't know that's the first one that came to my head. Uh, don't go there if you're looking for us. Um, <laughs> Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play. Is that it? I don't know. I, this, I that's your everything. question. I, I'm going to say that it is. Yeah. 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 yeah you hit it. You, you got it. it. You nailed it. Good job. Right. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. For for Meg K, for Tyler Scarrett, this has been episode 18 of the Critical Strike Podcast. We'll be back next week. Thanks for being here.